couple years went by. I think I was 22 years old, and I was working a valet job, and I just wasn't happy with what I was doing. I thought to myself one question, like, how can I make just as much money or more doing something I enjoy? And I had the idea of a mobile ski tuning van and had like $10,000 saved up. And I bought a van the next day after that idea. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Alex Kaufman, Wintry Mix, episode 76. I was a younger lad, I tuned my fair share of other people's skis, mostly from 94 to 2000 at resort-owned shops at Steamboat and Sugarbush, as well as independent shops, Ski Base in Lionshead and Inverness in Waitsfield. Not so much anymore, but upon landing back out in Colorado this summer, a listener did the Instagram tag thing and put me in touch with Michael Walsh a.k.a. The Ski Doctor, who not only cares for the skis and boards of the masses, he does so on call and will come to your door in his mobile tuning van. Cool, right? Quick review of recent episodes include 75, which was an after-hours roller coaster with some of the Powder7.com crew, 74, which brought you behind the curtain at Eldora, 73, which inadvertently brokered some of the Backcountry Gate saga, 72 was Joel Gratz from Open Snow. And not a random pick out of the archives is episode 31, which has a bunch of early Burton stories from Dave Schmidt and Brew Moscarello, who helped to launch the brand with Jake. Thanks, Jake. Now the asks. Follow on Instagram at Wintry Mixcast. Tag the show in comments or tag your buddies in our feed. It helps to spread the seed. In fact, this episode is from exactly that. Email me, alex at wintrymixcast.com. The podcast voice and text line is 802-560-5003. Thanks to all of you hitting me up there. Do the Patreon thing if you want me to never quit. And shout to Mark Morawike, I think is how you say it, for hopping on at the whopping $5 level recently. Five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts mean I will owe you a beer in the wild. I owe, let's see here, at least 186 beers at this point, so come and get them. Stand by for the goods. This episode of Wintry Mix is supported by Bojo's Colorado Style Pizza. With five locations along the Front Range and another in Steamboat, Bojo's is a uniquely Colorado destination since 1973. The food and beer menu is a mile high and their mountain pies will change how you think about pizza. Locals and visitors return to Bojo's for the family-friendly salad bar, relaxed atmosphere, Top quality beer list and pizzas measured by the pound. You'll see. Also a great spot for your holiday party or fundraiser with groups of 20 or more. Visit locations in Idaho Springs, the original and a perfect I-70 Opre off-ramp, Evergreen, Arvada, Fort Collins, Steamboat, and Longmont. Okay, we'll see you at Bojo's. 
jump right in. Name, hometown, and where are we sitting? We are sitting in my van. My name is Michael Walsh, and I am from Johnson City, Tennessee. Johnson City, Tennessee. Is that near mountains? Yep. Uh, about an hour drive to Beach and Sugar Mountain, North Carolina. Okay, so that's eastern Tennessee, Beach and Sugar. Does that mean that's where you started skiing? It is. That's where I learned. And I'm sitting on a cooler right now. It's leaking a little bit. Does it usually do that? No, that's my first time kind of putting it in the van. So I'm just like, I need to drain that thing. I've, I've never been in a ski tuning van, let alone a ski tuning van sitting in front of my house. Um, how long have you been a proprietor of a ski tuning van? This would be going into my third season. So it's a fun journey. Got the new van this year and uh, excited to see where it takes me. What were you in before this? I was in a, uh, what was it, a Dodge Sprinter 2500. Had to kind of stand sideways in it because it was so short. <laughs> okay, so this is definitely an upgrade. Yeah, upgrade. Brand new, low miles, and just bought it and built it out. And, uh, yeah, just enjoying, enjoying the journey. I dig the LED strips. So, like, describe to me front to back. Like, what am I looking at? I mean, that's obviously the driving area. Do those things swivel? You probably don't need them to swivel. I would like the passenger, too, so I might change that down the road. Um, and then I've got the electrical system here which I'm redoing on December 4th, getting a little more power because I have to have the engine running sometimes when I'm running the iron. So a couple little upgrades i got to add to it. I've got a heating system there. It runs off propane off the back of the van. Um, I just turn that knob in the corner, and it cranks up, and exhaust goes out under the van and heats this whole thing up. So that's exclusively heat. That's not actually running any of your tools no, via propane just or anything heat. like that. Got mm-hmm. it. Is there, um, so your electric is just off the coach batteries or off of anything else? It's got two auxiliaries. I'm going to get two more. So I have four auxiliary batteries and it will charge as, uh, the alternator, as the engine's running, it'll charge. Where'd you get the idea before you get, like, how did you start? Yeah. Did somebody so, start doing this? um, I, I worked at a ski shop in East Tennessee growing up, uh, my high school years. And that allowed me the opportunity to come out to Colorado, get a job at Copper Mountain. Uh-huh. And that's where I really kind of dialed in my skills there. Um, you know high high volume shop and just newer tools and all that and a couple of years went by i think i was 22 years old and i was working a valet job and i just wasn't happy with what i was doing and i thought to myself one question like how can i make just as much money or more doing something i enjoy and i had the idea of a mobile ski tuning van and had like ten thousand dollars saved up and i bought a van the next day after that idea and you're basically rolling around doing edges, waxes, and like some P-Tex. Like yeah. That's basically the menu. Yeah, just a basic tune, sharpen the edges, fix any gouges. I also can do a little bit of edge repair, like split edge, things like that. Tend not to do that too much because you want to let those things sit for a couple of hours. And I'm kind of, you know, from place to place throughout the day. But I work things out with folks. What's your high season? Is it basically the fall or are you doing this all year round? Uh, just all winter long from October till May. Just my full-time gig. Where do you sleep mostly when you're on the road doing this travel stuff, just with friends? With, with a couple of friends. This is very new to me. I've only come down to Denver like twice. Okay. So I'm based in Summit County. I've got a nice place in Frisco I stay at, and I, I go to people's houses, uh, people on vacation that find me online, and just tune the whole family skis while they're having dinner. It's just convenient for them. So um, just offering that service helps save people time, you know, so they can – be on their vacation. And that's kind of my goal is I like making people happy. Just, you know, get my stuff tuned, go ride. That's what it's all about. So how do people find you mostly? 
online, word of mouth. I've been in the Summit Daily up in the county. Um, I'm on a YouTube channel through my friend uh, Jonathan Buckhouse. He's got about 15,000 subscribers, and I helped him film quite a bit, and oh, yeah. that's given me a lot of exposure. So I'm really thankful for all those people following him. All right, well, we're sitting in the van right now, which is a pretty cool spot to chat, but let's go back in time. Your first day on skis or boards was where and when, and how old were you? I was probably 12 years old the first time that I hop on a snowboard. I was born in Florida. I call hometown Tennessee, um, John City, because that's all my high school years. That's when I built relationships, but we moved there. My mom's from France, and I was really upset about the move, leaving all my friends from Florida, and she's like, well, we promise we'll get you into winter sports, and Sure enough, they did, and we went to, uh, I think it was, I think it was Beach Mountain. Got a little sim snowboard off Craigslist, fifty bucks, and rode that. And I was already a skateboarder, so I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever," and fell in love with it. And then, as a kid coming from the warm, and then seeing snow, I was infatuated with snow. I just loved it. So that's kind of what kept kept me chasing it and landing me where I am today. So you end up Tennessee to Summit County. What's that transition like? What what caused you to land where you landed uh just the mountains it was a lonely process moving out here um but i'm building a lot of great relationships now and i'm really comfortable and happy and have you know have a way to make a living too was it just straight high school in tennessee to summit county in colorado exactly that boom mm -hmm. went to copper mountain did the employee housing thing and, and then um over time found found a nice place to stay so where are you mostly riding in the winter Right now, currently, what's your current Copper Mountain and Keystone? What pass services both of those mountains? There's no pass. How do you pull that off? Um, I got the Icon, and then I just got the Keystone only, which I think includes Breck at the end of the season. So okay, so Icon plus the Keystone plus pass kind of deal. Yep, yep, that's yep. it. Got it. And I'm happy with that. That's a bit. You know, I'm in the county. I I'm on call, so I don't really go out and travel and venture all the other resorts because I'm in just. Basically, I'd be snowboarding at Keystone, and someone's like, hey, can you tune my skis? I'll stop everything I'm doing, hop in the van, and go do the job. Yeah, you got to minimize your travel time to make this work. You can't be spread out all over the, over over town. I can see why you don't come to Denver all that often. That would be tricky yeah. to do. Yeah, in Denver, if it's planned out and I've got multiple jobs ahead of time, people hit me up on Instagram or text me, and I kind of schedule and see. Um, it's a lot to navigate, a lot of driving, but at the end, it's still worth it. You know, I'm I'm making what I need for today and, uh, making people happy. So it's a win-win. You ever get to somebody's house and you're like, dude, I can't tune those skis. Um, pretty straightforward to people. And just like, Hey, and then also I do my best to, to make them happy. Like there's been times where like this guy's like, Hey, give me a full tune. I'm like, okay. And I look at it and it has a whole compressed edge. And I went and ended up going to home Depot and grabbing extra tools to make sure it make him happy and gave him those tools for that price. I didn't add on to it. How do you, so you don't really get that much scheduled out. You're kind of just permanently on call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a doctor. I'm on call. You <laughs> are a doctor. Yeah. That's a lot of parallels. Without there. a medical license. Oh my God. There's a lot of parallels there. So people are very rarely like, Hey, I want to get a tune in a week. It's just like, I want to tune tonight. Yeah. That happens quite a bit. And then there's also people, Hey, I'm coming out like from Texas or Florida, you know, found me online coming out with my family. Can you do uh, seven boards in January, you know, on this day? Say, so, you know, you know, remind me about a week prior and let's get the schedule a little closer to that date because I don't know if I have events going on as well, which I tend to do on the weekends. So what do those look like? You're 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 posting up at other happening things like a brewery or a, a get together of some kind. Yep. Going to like 
Outer Range uh, up in Frisco. It was right next to my house. That was the first place I started. And then the Angry James and kind of moved out to go to Denver some some events on the weekends. So I set up the van and uh, all the beer, all the tunes come with the beer included in the price. I discount my prices as well because I'm getting volume so I can do that. I'm not driving around. What's the strange shit that people try to pay you with? Hmm. There's got to be people trying to pay you with who knows what. Just no, just, that really doesn't happen. Right. It, it does not happen. People, I mean, cash or cards, sometimes Venmo. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like to run it through my POS system. I've got like a square. So it's not just people like, here's some cocaine or something. No, you're not like supposed to take I that. would, I would uh, not do business with, with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever gotten like knocked on by the cops? Like, hey, what are you doing? An uncommon vehicle to see driving around. I mean, it's the first time I've ever come across one. Um, as far as where you can park it, where you haven't parked it, like what kind of lessons have you learned in the last three years as far as like how to make this work versus have it be, a, you know, tricky? Yeah, there's, there's only been like one mishap. Um, but coming into it, I am very like conservative in the, the way I do things. Um, kind of like always on edge, a little bit nervous. I want to respect people's businesses and privacy. So I don't do business at the ski resorts because I don't, unless I talk to them and work something out, I just know that something you park this in a ski resort lot when you're riding? When I'm riding, yes. That's okay. But yeah, but I'm not doing business on the resorts and I, I don't That's do good it. advertising. Just being parked in the parking lot. Yeah, sure. It's my only vehicles. I mean I have to. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't go I I'm careful where I meet people. I generally like to go to people's houses and condos and that way it's uh, you know, just not sometimes I'll meet if they're on the go coming up from Denver and either stuff tune in the morning and if we work something out, I meet them at like, you know, McDonald's or something. So the only mishap that's happened is I went to I said, hey, let's meet at Subway, and I didn't realize right next to the Subway in the plaza was another ski shop. Yeah, and they came out, and uh, like the owner or like manager came out, and he's like, "Hey, man, what are you doing? You can't do this here." And I was like, "Sir, I am so sorry. I respect that. I, I was not doing it." And I came in after I he's like, "Finish what you're doing, and then get out of here." So I finished the job, and then I walked in and approached him. I said, "Hey." You know, I'm really sorry. I wasn't aware that there was a shop here. I'm just on the go. Said meet at Subway, and he's like, he's like, man, you're awesome. You're respectful. I love what you're doing. So it was like it was really easy going, but he had to call me out. I get it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you ever get people who like they rent some skis and then they're just in horrible shape, so they call you to do their happened, rentals. That's happened a couple of times. Yeah. Like, hey, just throw a wax on here. They're not really going because the shop didn't take care of them. What's uh, what's like the next upgrade you're eyeing in here that like you're you want to invest in next? You probably have something in your mind. Bigger um, equipment. I'm looking into some sort of you know, permanent kind of edger or base grinder down the road. If that's something I want to get into, I haven't figured out all the power that's going to be needed in a mobile system. Yeah, where you'd stick it and how you'd mount it. I was thinking just last night. I can't believe I'm looking at that Dewalt power drill right there on the floor. I can't believe that no one has invented a base edge or side edge power drill attachment on a power drill that you could just put it on there and it would, you'd be able to lay it against the edge and it would be 90 degrees or you'd be able, maybe you could adjust it for a different bevel. Who knows? And you could just run it along with a power drill or has it invented and I'm an idiot. This is right here. It's a pretty expensive little tool for the size that it is little winter steiger tool and uh it does exactly what you're saying okay but you can't mount it on a no, dewalt it's, 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 it's specific to what it is yeah, it's specific and yeah, that's, that's probably a like idea. a 400 right i wonder if it's possible to make if maybe something i could invent if i had the, that's what i want i have one of those and i want to be able to tune with it but i can't i want to you know have a stone so you can grind right that would be a whole like, other level if that's even possible have something a little heftier yeah 
that that would uh that'd be really cool right that's that wet, that wax buffer wand thing yeah that we've all used a lot yeah it's a great tool polishes it out nice i'm at a spot now where kind of the last bunch of years i've only been investing in equipment for either my kids or my wife Mm-hmm. My shit's just getting worse and worse and worse every ski year. Equipment? Those 2005 vocals you saw in the garage, those are my skis right now. Those are not that bad of shape other than the big gouge in the middle. I mean, the edges are still in place. Yeah. Um, but I got them for $40 at a consignment furniture store in 2012 mm-hmm. with the bindings on them. That's a solid deal. And I've still been skiing on them. But I'm basically embarrassed to bring them into a shop. I'm embarrassed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so... I think with you parked here in front is probably my best opportunity to, I don't know, improve them a little bit, get them clean to get some rust off them. Do you want to get some yeah. rust off my skis for yeah, me? Yeah, absolutely. It's not a problem. All right. Stand by, everybody. We're going to give this a shot. Yeah, we're not kidding. Uh, what follows is a condensed version of Michael and I tuning my skis in his van. I'm not sure if that's quality podcast audio or not, but I'm willing to try. Here we go. Okay, so these are my 2005 Gautamas that haven't seen anybody's hands other than mine on the edges and base in probably forever. A couple of my uh, base P-Tex fills are, uh, have fallen out. Actually, all of them have in some fashion or another. Need base weld. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to. I can do it. Yeah, but there's 2000. These things are from 2005. Like, mm-hmm. you know how long this P-Tex held right here? Probably three years. Oh, that's solid. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's fine. So you don't mind if I sharpen them? No, let it rip, man. Okay. Damn. Look at the structure now on the side and feel the edge. Not too bad. First pass. I mean... The one benefit of these things is they're not overtuned. You know what I mean? So there's people can tune their skis too much. Yeah. And then they run out of edge and their mm-hmm. base is all, they're like base high. Yeah, it's just a very minimal amount. Just kind of get that extra bite on it. A little rust remover here. Yeah, that's back when they used to make just massively unnecessary tail tips. Yeah. The thing is such a rooster tail. Does that pop? Can you flex it enough or is it kind of hard? It's annoying. Yeah. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah, so that's the tool that I imagined, but it's just not, you can't put it on a regular power drill. That thing's sweet. Though. It works great. Yeah. Hope I never drop it. <laughs> yeah, on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or. Can it basically go either way so it can do a base edge or a side edge? Uh, yes, so there's yeah. actually, I got a secondary, um, do the base edge. Here. Oh, work. So, uh, I tend not to do the base edges too, too often. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've probably done out of the vans in the last going to three seasons. Probably about fifteen hundred, I would guess, to two thousand. Yeah, because you're doing, you know, probably a hundred something a month. Yeah, at events, some anywhere from oh, right. fifteen to thirty in a night. In a day, yeah, day or yeah, night, you can yeah, bang out a ton. Yeah. So all those events being said, and then just doing house calls sometimes, you know, in busy times, seven, eight house calls in a day. Like yesterday, for example, I think I did like nine sets of skis. Yeah. Or boards. 
I haven't experimented with the parking brake yet to see if it keeps it from shaking some. Oh yeah, we got a little wobble going here. We got a little wobble, which sometimes kind of helps you get in the groove when you're scraping the speed. <laughs> <laughs> it like wobbles back towards you and it's like, takes it right off. All right, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to find out what's in the cooler. Uh-oh. That's always a good question. All right, we got some Oscar Mayer Deli Fresh, uncured ham, strawberries, mayonnaise, mustard, pickles. I don't know what that is. That's um, uh, like a cheese. cheese dip. Oh, a cheese dip? Yeah, for crackers. All right, we're going to put a bunch of Halloween candy in there with it. <laughs> One way or another. Maybe a couple beers. Mickey drink, Mickey drink some of my wife's White Claw. <laughs> Ain't no lulls when you're drinking White Claws. Oh, my God. I was reading that apparently that's... um. They're selling more white cloth than Budweiser now? Like, yeah. Some stat like that. That's insanity. Yeah. That's like, to me, like white claw is like the new jewel or something. Like right. The wave coming through. Yeah, I wonder if it'll <laughs> flop or if it'll just keep going. It'll probably keep going because it's actually healthier. Okay. <laughs> Do you get up sometimes in the morning? Like, say you go to bed at whatever time, you wake up in the morning and there's like three or four people who like drunk texted you looking for like a midnight tune? Uh, that doesn't really happen. I'm, I'm awake a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, People don't really hit me up at ridiculous hours, which I, I think is pretty respectful. I like that. But if they do, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I'll hit them up right when I wake up. <laughs> That's so crazy. I mean, the, the Ski Doctor is really, it's an apt title because it, it is so um, driven by the health of people's skis at random times. They just decide, oh, I need, I need the doctor. They need a prescription to shred. <laughs> And you're like, I'll be there. What's your address? Show up with your little doctor bag, but yeah, I should have brought my lab coat. I have like a lab coat that says uh, S dot D dot instead of M D. This is wild. My name. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate getting these guys a little touch there. Yeah, they need some love. Oh my God, they need more than that. They need to be thrown away. <laughs> need some milk. <laughs> they need. They need the dumpster. No, they're they're good. I'm basically waiting one year to like reinvest in my equipment. Like we moved out in July and taking it easy until next year. Kind of figure out what the routine's gonna be, how much we wanna be in the backcountry, how much we wanna be on resort. Makes sense. Where we're gonna ride, how the kids are doing. Yeah, how uh, how old are the little guys? Six and nine. Six and nine. So they're they're at that age where they can maybe take on some hiking and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean we got Loveland passes this year and right now they're big concern. Or the wind's kicking up, I'm gonna do this. I also wanna hear the sound. How do you do it? There you go. Bam. They get mad at it. Close it up. Yeah, I would say the uh, the thing that they're getting annoyed about at Loveland is fixed grip lifts in Colorado, they don't have bars. Safety bars. Oh yeah. Which is like, you know, for me and my wife, who cares? But the kids are like so used to them, mm -hmm. it just freaks them out. Yeah, it's a they're pretty scared shitless of these no safety bar chairs. And that's at Loveland? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've never gone there. Trying to get some of that edge grime out of the base. I mean, those things are looking better than they've looked in a decade. I haven't got all the rest off. That's sexy. Definitely on the sides. Good amount. So, looking good getting there amazing halfway there that was the first that was the first katama second katama's got a little bit more issues i mean thankfully they never rode on like a roof 
uh, roof rack. Yeah. That was my suck to tune. Uh, Just skis that have been... It's a little more effort getting that stuff off. But you can generally use a scraper and this metal thing. Yeah. Um, pretty abrasive, just takes it right off. Yep. But I did put something on my Instagram yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Talking about just what we're talking about now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, like, don't let your skis or board live on your ski rack. Because... You get oh them tuned, God. and you, they're they're on there for a week, and then they're just caked, and you get on the mat, and you're like, man, this tune really was not that good. It's like, no, you have crud all over the bottom yeah. of them. You got to wipe off. Have some respect. Yeah, respect your skis. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the invention of the roof boxes, because 20 years ago, people didn't have those. It was all just the racks. Yep. And now at least people can, they can throw them up there, and at I mean, least they don't get road grind. How many cars up in the county, like on the interstate, on the roads, they pop open and all their equipment just gets ran over. You see that happen? Is that pretty common up there? Yeah, it happens all the time. Oh, I, really? I always pull over and I'm like, the only one to pull over, hey, I can fix this. Here's my car. <laughs> <laughs> I run it over first. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Well, it's probably already in shit shape. I mean. No, it's, uh, but it does happen. You know, it's kind of a bummer. Make sure you close them racks. I'm lucky I didn't use this edge. Would you uh, like me to fill those in? I mean, or you can let me do it. Yeah, I can do it. You can do it. Should I take... What do you think? You think I should take that out first? Yeah, I've got dental picks here. I just take... Pop it out. Here, and give me use... something to pick it that with. Sure. Dental picks. That's the move. That is the move. Wow. Okay. All right. We're going to... It's a little tedious. Yeah. Don't worry, there's not a lot of moisture in this stuff. This is very brittle. This I don't know how many years ago this P-Tex was put in, but <laughs> it held for a while though. It did give me a couple years. Mm -hmm. So take what I can get. So you're not one that minds if uh the black's in the white. Oh god no. I, I'm very particular. Um, whenever I get customer skis, I yeah. always use clear P-Tex and black. P-Tex and swap it off in the very the area I, to make I, it look like the original. I can't stand clear P-Tex because it shows when I've messed it up with when it like you know when the you get the specs and yeah when the carbon. Um, so I almost always try to use black. That way, basically, I can carbon the hell out of it and it doesn't show. How do you apply it when you do when you do P-Tex? So you just put a flame and let it slowly drip. You drip it. You just drip it. Yeah, that's what I've yeah. done. So what I do is uh, you probably do it the right way. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a right way. It's just something I figured out over the years. If you hold a torch on the P-Tex the entire time, okay. The downside is it you know kind of burns really fast and gets all over. You have to be careful because you burn yourself. Yeah. The good side is it doesn't allow time for a carbon buildup. Interesting. Well, I've, I've never had a torch to do it with. I've always just been yeah. doing like a lighter or a match yeah. or something. Um, just whatever the most low-grade bush league style is is the style that I've employed. Flick your bick. Yeah, so then you turn it on and get your vent fan going. Yeah, you get some ventilation in here. Sometimes I'll roll down the front windows a little bit too. Turn it down a little bit for the audio. Alright, let's see how we can make this work. This is a oh, big man. one, bigger one than what I'm used to. Yeah, this is a shark right here. Yeah.
never tried that that little trick before. Mm -hmm. I've always just let it go where it goes and hope it fills it in. Putting some compression on there. Yeah, it flattens it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is still moldable. Sometimes you have to put multiple layers, you know? Yeah. I find that you don't have to go all the way because as long as you just kind of fill it in and then wax over it, mm -hmm. it just kind of flattens out yeah it, it you know it's not really relevant to the way that ski skis yeah once it's not just kind of dragging shark teeth mm -hmm. so in time i'll grow i just uh i've had people approach me to help me grow this a little bit faster and stuff but i think i'm gonna take the more just patient approach and yeah have have full control of everything i think that's what i want to do I've, I've had some people advise me of that that i look up to so 24 figuring it out yeah yeah Let's see if I can scrape it without peeling it all out. You know how that goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you gotta get it even, even more tricky. Yeah. Cause it's uh, a little flexible. Are we start in the middle, work your way out. Yeah. That's why I don't scrape very hard. I'm just like uh, you know, just do whatever it takes to make it stay in there, so I don't have to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good start. That's pretty. A little miss a little bit there off the ad. And somehow I still absolutely love still doing this. Just working with my hands. Yeah. And um, I, a lot of customers get to uh, come in the van, hang out, and watch and learn. Sometimes I teach them things. And yeah, it's a totally different tuning experience than dropping it off, filling out a three-sheeted piece of no paper. No one ever gets to see the process. No, they don't. And um, this is not that much different than a shop. I mean, sometimes we have the big uh, Sire Discovery machines that you run through. Um, I've had that in the shops in the past, but people like to look at those. But the preparation is still the same. Yeah. You still have to do all the P-TECs work by hand and all that. There's no machine. Well, there might be some that I'm not aware of. but Yeah, no, I'm watching you do this and taking little tips for how I'm going to... Do it rig it later myself sure. with the yeah. with my limited Hopefully skills you won't and have tools. To do it again. Well, we'll see. Hopefully I'll get rid of these things before I do it again. <laughs> Almost there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll relieve you of the uh, of, of the wax element. I'm perfectly qualified to, to wax. Sure. That's the final touch. Yes. But that way I can feel like I did something. <laughs> I like that you have a fire extinguisher. I'm half. I'm. Yeah, I thought that was a as a, a fatherly figure. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, you need to have one of those. Yeah, I was doing a <laughs> I was doing an event, and uh, this is really funny. That's that's one that just brought up. So this is my last van, and I had a different setup a little bit with the bench. I had this plastic Walmart kind of Tupperware bin, you know, you pull, yeah. you know, with the drawers. And customers like, is that supposed to be on fire down there or lit? lit? And I'm like, no. What are you talking about? I look back, and I left the torch on and set it on the ground, <laughs> and it burnt a hole through the entire side of this the sand. I have to throw it out. It's like a little twenty dollar piece, but. But still, that could have been bad, and I had a fire extinguisher then. Uh, didn't have to use it, but I, I came just close. Just threw it out of the van? What'd you do? Uh, I, I grabbed the torch and just shut it off real fast, and then this plastic was melting and really hot, like that kind of blue flame. Yeah. Not big flame, just small blue. 
I just blew it out and just uh, stepped out of the van while the smoke went yeah. everywhere. So I get some, so I could breathe a little bit. <laughs> but that was my closest call to to losing everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good um, go right there. Yeah, no, that's as good or better than it was yeah, before. Once you I'll get tell the you wax that. in there and smooth that out, yeah, I mean, it can maybe thin it out just a little bit. But don't push yeah. too hard. You never know. Yeah, you know, pull it right back out. Exactly. But uh, yeah, the, the base weld is just more flexible. So it doesn't crack out like the P-Tex does. Michael, thank you for the tune and for the chat. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate Enjoy it. it. I'm going to go get you some Halloween candy. You're going to take right. a ton of it. Sold. And it's rant time. You heard me mention it in the van. I want a power drill attachment so I can freestyle tune anything with an edge. I guess I could use my wood sander on bases instead of a belt sander, but that just sounds sketchy. So yeah, DeWalt, get on it. I can attach 27 different brushes or freaking mixed pancake batter or mash my potatoes with my handheld drill, but I cannot side edge, base edge, or base belt sand, and there's no good reason. Throw some R&D at that sucker, and you'll tap into a new market. Who? Everyone with rusty equipment that's too embarrassed to bring it into a shop. None of us need a 28th brush attachment. End of rant. Music by Adam Levy. Follow on Instagram at Wintry Mixcast and also check out at the underscore ski underscore doctor. Leave the pod a voicemail or text at 802 560 And if you do, you'll get in the pod. Stand by for that. And five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts mean I will owe you a beer in the wild. Stick around for after the beep. Goodbye. Caleb here, calling from Gunnison Crest Butte area. Found the pod last year when I was uh, prepping to move back east in the next year or so. Great show. Grew up on the North Shore, Massachusetts, and came out to Western State. Graduated, going into winter 11, haven't quite left yet. Uh, groomer at Crest Butte Mountain Resort and work at a ranch the rest of the time. You ought to come down here once the uh, season heats up and there's actually some good stuff to rip around at Crested Butte. Also, what kind of propaganda are they spreading on the on the uh, front range there? All those guys at Powder 7 thinking that Colorado gets 500 inches of snow. Anyway, keep it going. Bye. You ever order pizza and have it delivered to the van while you're tuning? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs>